God's schedule. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday I started preaching about here I stand and I knew though I struggled with preaching something else today I knew that I had to continue that and my message today is still standing still standing I'm going to read the same scriptures that I read last Sunday and and perhaps even put the emphasis on the same thing that I did last Sunday but this is not the same message I believe the Lord's worked with me this week to to share things with you and say things to you that I have earnestly prayed, as the Lord just put it on my heart yesterday, to pray for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation during this message this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's been in this service today. He's still here. And I have prayed that the Lord would use me today with the gifts of the word, with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, discernment, and even the gift of faith that the Apostle Paul talks to the Corinthians about so clearly. These gifts are here to edify the body, to build up the church, not to distinguish or separate or lift up for attention any particular person except the Lord Jesus Christ. And so sometimes when those gifts are operating, we're not aware. But if I say things that strike your heart today that I have no way of knowing, that could be a word of knowledge. Take it as from the Lord. This is not my message today. This is God's message to you. He's chosen me to deliver it to you. And I want to do that with a humble heart and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that this same Holy Spirit who has been in this service today, who has in fact invaded this service and directed it and controlled it and led it, will lead now as I preach your word. Give a strong mighty presence, making us know the anointing of the Lord is prevailing and gives us the revelation of truth for our own lives so that we will see what God is saying to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name, believing that you hear me and that I will now speak with the anointing of the Holy Spirit given by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6 is a great, powerful chapter. This passage isn't the only thing in the chapter that's wonderful, but it is a wonderful part of of this chapter. So I'm going to read these verses and emphasize certain parts of them. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. That's why we put on the whole armor. So we have protection against the schemes, plans of the devil. Believe me, my friends, the devil has a plan. He has a plan for you. It's not a good plan. 
and he cannot make his plan work against you without your cooperation. But he has a plan for you. And it is fully and completely revealed in the Word of God. Jesus made it clear what the devil's plan is. I'm going to tell you about that. The Word of God makes it very clear that the devil is our enemy, our adversary, who has a purpose that he has designed against us. The Bible also makes it clear that we have the answer to that attack of the devil in our lives. So he can't win unless we give up and let him. Paul goes on to say, after he speaks of these schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is spiritual warfare. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, that you may be able to stand against every attack of the enemy in the evil day. It's not one day that's the evil day. It is a time span where the devil is the prince of the power of this world, the prince of this age. But he has made it possible with, with the whole armor of God He has made it possible for us to stand in the evil day. And having done all, having invested our all in standing, and having done all to stand firm. When there's nothing left to do, you stand firm. I preached a message a long time ago now in the old church. I called it, What to Do When There's Nothing Left to Do. It's a pretty short message to preach. I took about 35 minutes that day, but I can tell you here in a couple of sentences. What to do when there's nothing left to do? Don't give up. When there's nothing left to do, stand. When there's nothing left to do, stand even firmer. When there's nothing left to do, get a rope. Tie not in the end and hold on. And don't let go until Jesus comes. That's the answer. Withstand, he said. And having done all to stand firm. And the very next thing he says is stand therefore. So he just keeps on talking about standing. Having, and then he goes on to speak about all these elements of the whole armor of God that's so important. I'll leave that for you to read. And suggest that you do it. But I want to tell you that my message to you today is still standing. You, though the enemy has attacked you this week, and I know some of you have, have been under bitter attack. Some of you that I probably don't know about, some of you I do know about. More than one, I know that the enemy has come against you full force. The enemy's lied about you this week. He's come against you with deception. He's come against you with every effort to tear you down, to say that you're not standing on solid ground. You're not standing firmly. There's no way this is going to last. There's no way this is going to last. It's already shaking underneath you. It's already about to fade away and make you believe it. 
that the message of the Lord's word is stand, stand firm, keep on standing, and then at the end you'll be able to say, I'm still standing. Hallelujah. You know that little toy, I don't know what they call it, but the one's got that round bottom on it, you know, and you sock it, and it falls over to the side, it gets right back up. And you kick it, and it'll fall over that, that way, and it gets right back up. The only way you can hold it down is to sit on it and stay right there, and you got to stay there all that time. And that's where the analogy falls down. Because the devil may kick us and knock us over. He may make us fall, but he can't keep us down. He can't keep us from standing. He might sit down on us and try to hold us down. And he'll say, I'm bigger than you are, and I'm stronger than you are. And he may be. But we've got one who's bigger than he is and stronger than he is, who never fails, and one that he cannot defeat. We stand in his power and stand on his word, believe his truth, and we are the victors. We are the conquerors. Hallelujah. This is what Paul said. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, present yourselves in entirety, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your true worship. That is the place we have to be to stand strong. Our bodies given as a living sacrifice, given wholly and completely over to him. And when that happens, my friend, in your life, the devil will still attack you. He will still come against you. But more and more and more you will realize the great truth. He cannot win this battle against you. You are going to be the victor because the Bible very clearly says you have one who is yours and you are his who is greater than the devil. The devil will tell you, I'm in control of the whole world. And then God's going to come back and tell you the truth. The truth is, that may be so, but God's in control of the devil. <laughs> I think that's great. The devil will tell you he's in charge of the whole world. The Lord's going to come back and say, yeah, but I'm in charge of him. There's one who is greater. That's what, that's what the apostle said. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And because of that, my friend, he cannot tear you down. He cannot destroy you. The only way the devil has an entry into your life is if you allow it to happen. If you open the door and welcome him in, well, you wouldn't do it consciously or intentionally. But I'm saying if you do things in your life that opens the door to the devil, it takes away your victory. It takes away your strength and the power of the Lord. It takes away the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when that happens, you become too weak to stand against him. But if you keep your trust in him, keep yourself on the altar in the scripture that I just gave you from Romans 12, 1, and stand on that, keep yourself on the altar, keep yourself surrendered to God, you will always be the victor. You, he will never knock you down. He will never keep you down. You'll be able to get right back up if he does shatter your confidence. And you'll be able to take a stand in the Lord and believe what God's word says. And you will not be defeated. You will not fall because he is in control and you allow him to be in control of you. So, so give up. Surrender your own way. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 5. 
I don't know of any place that is translated quite this way, but I've given it my translation. It says, love does not insist on its own way. The interpretation I put on that is that love gives up the right to be right. You give everything up, even your right to be right. Let him be right. Let his plan be right. Let his purpose be right. Let his word be right. Give up your right to be right. Your opinion in the economy of God, you know how much that matters? I don't want to be indelicate. Carolyn will jump on me if I say much more. But I walked in the church this morning, and I spit as I was coming in. That's how much your opinion is worth in the economy of God. That spit I left out there on the front is what I'm talking about. Because if you want to prevail with your opinion, you can antagonize God. But I will tell you this. When you say, Lord, I just want it your way. I just want to walk your way. I just want to take it the way you do it. I don't want you to follow my plan, Lord. But I want to follow your plan. I have really difficulty with this. I I, I confess it. Uh, It's so much difficulty. I didn't want to overlook it. I thought I might just slip on by this and not even say it. So I actually made it bold and put yellow highlighting on it because I know I'd like to pass on over this point. But I can't because it's glaring right at me. So here it is. One of my real difficult issues is I find it hard to let God handle things. I want to get out and help him do it because I know how good I am at that. I know it's my strength to be able to make it happen. Start telling me something. Here's the answer. I got the answer to that. Here it is. I try to control that. I mostly do. Carol says I don't control it very well, but I, I do it good. But I rather a lot of times I I come and this and I've waited and I've waited and I've waited. And then I just want to handle it myself. But the Lord comes and shows me it's always better if I wait on Him. All I have to do. I don't have to make the plan. I don't have to make the plan work. What I do have to do is stand in his plan, stand on his word, stand on his truth, and never mind what else happens, no matter what comes, what goes. This is my assignment. Stand, stand, stand. Don't buckle. Don't kneel. Don't fall down. Don't give up. Stand. And if you keep standing, the victory will be yours. The victory will come if you don't give up, but you keep standing. I can apply that to so many things, but I'm going to move along in my message and talk to you about some things that Jesus said that have to do with recognizing the attack that will come against you to keep you from standing. Now, this can come in anything. It can come in your marriage. It can come in your job. It can come in your friendships. It can come in your family. Your mama stopped liking you. Your father started to hate you. Brother, your brothers and sisters don't care anything about you. Uh, you can find and see all these things that you want to see. But you will never find a legitimate excuse to turn away from the promises of God. When you do that, you will lose every time. But if you stand firm and recognize 
what the works of the devil are, you will not fall. You will be standing when the final trumpet sounds. You'll be standing. This is what Jesus said, John chapter 10, verse 10. You know it very well. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. We know who the thief is. The Bible makes it very clear. That's Jesus' designation for the devil. He's using an analogy. There is no thief that ever comes to bring you a benefit. No thief ever comes to do something to help you. No thief ever comes to bring you something that he went out and stole and he brought it to give it to you. You shouldn't take it if you did, but that's not going to happen. No matter how much you hear about Jesse James, it ain't true, folks. Don't wait for God to send a thief to bring you something. It's not going to happen. Thieves don't do good things for anybody. And a thief is a thief is a thief. Cheaters are cheaters are cheater. A liar is a liar is a liar. Stop right there. If I'm not careful, I'll start naming names. <laughs> don't want to do that again. So, so, But the thief wants to destroy you. That's what Jesus said. The thief comes to steal from you, not give to you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to take away from you everything good. In fact, he wants to kill you. He will kill you to get your goods. He wants to destroy you. Now, I know who that identifies perfectly. Jesus said the devil is a liar and he can't tell the truth because the truth is not in him. He is your enemy. He is your adversary. He is your opponent in every way. And he wants to kill and destroy you. And if he can't take your life, your life is not subject to him, by the way. So if he cannot take your life, He'll do everything to destroy that he can to destroy the quality of your life. But he cannot do that if you'll take the rest of what Jesus said. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I am come. Jesus is the antidote. Jesus is the answer. I have come to bring the answer to the thief's attack against you. I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. In the glory of God, the blessings are poured out upon those who stand for him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I sure hope you'll tell everybody you know to get on the internet and listen to this message today. It's one of the best I've preached in a long time. At least it's blessing me, so I, I assume it's blessed. Maybe it's blessing you. <laughs> so, so here's what the thief is. The thief, he, don't, he, he can only steal what you give him, by the way. He, he can't just steal something from you unless you give up on it. You turn it loose and let him, you turn it loose, he'll grab it and walk off with your joy, with your peace, with your relationships, with your victory, with everything that's good in your life. He'll walk off with it if you let him. But if you hold on to it, you stand firm and hold on to it. He cannot take it away from you. How do you stand firm? Whole armor of God, the Word, believe His promises, stand on the revelation of God. What God says is true, and what God says will not fail. If you see the thieves coming, you see a thief coming, you make preparation for it. You know, we lock the doors of this church. How about that locking of the doors of the church? Well, if we didn't, we'd come back in here for the next service and all the communion where it'd be gone, little small tables would be out. Some of the sound equipment would be gone, maybe all of it. And if we didn't lock the door the next time, they'd come back and finish the job. So, we, we, yeah, we lock the doors of the church. 
Not that somebody can't get in, but just in case somebody does, we set the alert burglar alarm too. Well, that's not being very trusting of people. Oh, we trust people. We just don't trust the devil. And the devil's got a lot of helpers. They'll help him do everything they can against you. Because he's enlisted them and they're in his service. But you and I are not. We're standing against that. And because of that, he can't steal what we have. He can't rob us. He can't destroy us. He can attack us, but he cannot win. We've got the victory through Jesus and our Lord. He is greater than the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you, I go, I, I, at, at night, I lock my doors at night. I'm trusting God with a locked door. I make sure I check it front door every time I go in. Make sure that little thing's turned the right way by that bolt on that door. No, nobody's ever tried to break in. But I figure if they do, I'll hear them in time. See, that's what you have to do with the enemy. You don't act like an idiot or like a fool. You've got to be aware of what the enemy is trying to do. And he is coming against you to destroy you. There are all kinds of ways that say we allow our carnality to rule in our lives. We will allow the enemy to have his way with us. And that we do not want. So you lock your doors. You, 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 you lock the doors of your mind. By faith, you close off the access the enemy wants to access. You close the doors of your mind to the work of the devil. You turn on the burglar alarm of God's word. You might even call the heavenly sheriff's department. Call Clay County Sheriff down here, and if you've got enough of a complaint, they'll send the sheriff out, a deputy sheriff out to help you. You call the sheriff's department of heaven, and Sheriff Jesus will send the deputy of the Holy Spirit out to help you. He'll always send help when you call on him. He'll give you strength when you don't have strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So you can agree with Satan or you can agree with Jesus. And this is important. You're going to agree with somebody. You, you, you can say, well, I mostly I agree with me. But then which side are you on? Now, you can agree with what Jesus says and follow what he has for you and receive what he has for you. Or you can agree with the enemy your adversary, even though he's trying to destroy you and you don't recognize you can agree with him, and you can let him have his way, and you will lose. You will be deprived of the blessings of God. And, and so the things that you the things that you say, the things that you do when you're down there in the supermarket line whether it's Publix or Winn-Dixie or one of the other one brands that you may go to, and you get down in the supermarket line, and they mischarge you by three cents, and you go into a tantrum and a rage, and, my Lord, can't you people get it right? You're opening the door for the devil. So, and not just that, not just that. That's just one little example of all the ways we can open the door for him. But here's, here's, here's the, the real answer. I say that to illustrate the fact that people will know who you're following. They'll know who you're following. They'll know who you're following by the things that you say, by the ways you act, by the things you write, by the things that you proclaim. This is who I agree with. Everything that you say or write, or publish, or promote, 
You don't have to write a book. All you have to do is, well, you know what you have to do. I'll just name them for you. All you got to do is get on Facebook, get on Instagram, get on um, Twitter, get on uh, Snapchat. There's probably something come out since I call I don't keep up with it, so I'll, probably some things have come out since I heard about it. I'm sure there's something else out there. All you have to do is to get out there and send the wrong message. Send the wrong message by any of those things or any other thing. Just post it on somebody's place that is not even yours. It's just post it up there. That we like to say post it. We, what we mean is write it and publish it and put it out there. And once you do that, do you know something? It's a whole lot harder to erase it than it is to write it. It's a whole lot harder to clean it up than it is to say it in the first place. So if you are following one master, you will say and write and do certain things. If you're following another master, you'll say right things, do right things and positive things and things of blessing. So, what's on your phone today? What's on your uh, email today? What's on your little list of favorites? You know what I'm talking about, that little column on the side and you click on the star and it lists all your favorites on it. Bring your computer next Sunday morning, let's check that out. You wouldn't dare. Well, some of you would, most of you would dare. You wouldn't mind, you didn't care. The pastor came over this afternoon, you say, Pastor, I heard you say that this morning, but let me just show you mine. But most of you would say, well, my computer's not working right today, Pastor. I don't want us to talk about that. <laughs> I would let you check on your email, but I, my computer's not working right today. You wouldn't want me to see the things that are on there. And thank God, I wouldn't want to see them either. Because I wouldn't want to know that about you. What I'd rather know about you is that you want to follow Jesus, that you want to speak the words of the Lord, you want to speak the truth of God, you want to proclaim a positive message, you want to hold up Jesus Christ and his life as the example that you're living by. And you, don't, and you won't do it with the filth of the world out there upon you, living and dwelling and wallowing in the filth of the world. You won't do it with that. But you know something? If you're into that, I'm not going to judge you. I'm, I'm, not, even, I'm, not, even, I'm not going to hold it against you. If you come to me and say, Pastor, I am, and I don't want you to, please don't. But if you were to, <laughs> Pastor, I am the very one you were talking about. All those things you said, they applied to me. All these preachers you saw up here this morning, they'll all be glad for you to come up and grab one of them and tell them about it. I'll be tired more now from preaching. I won't be able to do it. Sorry. But if you want to find us and say, oh, Pastor, that, that was me. That, that, that You just told the truth about us exactly who I am. Even if I knew that, I would. out of defeat into victory. I want you to win over the efforts of the enemy to destroy you. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to tear you down, drag you down, hold you down, keep you down forever. And the Lord Jesus wants to lift you up. He's given you a plan that that can happen. He has told you 
no matter how the enemy comes attacking you, you can stand against him. That's what James said. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Jesus himself said, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. He wants to destroy those works in everybody's life and give you victory. He will if you let him do it. He will if you take that stand. He will if you hold on to him. And then I'm going to come. It's exactly 12 o'clock. I'm going to come to the end of my message this morning. There's a song that just just comes to my mind. I, I, I may not be able to say it quite right. But... It's I can't even walk without your holding my hand. And as a part of that chorus, I would be singing along with it when I would hear it. And I'd always say the word wrong until I, I finally said, I've got to remember this because what they say is better than what I say. The latter, one of the choruses, part of the chorus says, Down on my knees I learn to stand And I can't even walk without your holding my hand And I would sing it down on my knees, I learned to pray. And I did. But then I got something even better than that. I like those words. Down on my knees, I learned to stand. And if you want to stand, friends, better than standing on your own two feet, get on your knees before God and let God take you to the altar. I don't mean to this altar. I mean to the altar of the Holy Ghost. Bring you to the altar of the presence of God. Bring you to the presence and the power of God and give you a transformation in your life. Make everything different. Down on your knees is where you will learn to stand. Not just learn to pray, but learn to stand. Down on your knees. Pray and seek God and let God move in your life and make His presence and power the reality of your life. He wants you to have victory, live in victory, walk in victory, overcome in the overwhelming victory of the Lord. And you will, if you put your faith and your trust in Him, live for Him, do what's good, what's right, and stand, keep on standing. And at the very end of the road, this is where you'll be right there, still standing. Still standing. Bow your heads with me.